Rasul Matalib is the founder of Belancing.com, a platform made to hire high-quality freelance workers of all kinds. This episode, we speak about his vision for the future of freelancing, how to get into freelance work, his book, What's Your Coffee Strategy, and tips for surviving in the corporate world. I've been in technology for 20 years. I started my career in technology and I just stayed in technology. But at the very, very beginning, I used to build websites for companies as a freelancer. And that was back when a lot of companies did not have websites yet. Mm. And so there was this gold rush where every company wanted a website. And so that's what I did. So I would say my roots are based very firmly in freelancing. Um, And then, you know, over the years, you do bits and pieces of work here and there, um, which has led all the way up to where I am now. Yeah. And so you're a VP of a Fortune 500 company. What is that like as a a black person? Because it's like, that's not something I hear or see very often. So when I saw that, I was like, yep, definitely need to get in contact with this guy. (laughs) Yeah, it's a a very unique experience. Mm. um, Because, you know, in a lot of companies for minorities in general, but specifically black, you know, men and et cetera, the higher up you go, the less of you, you see. Mm. And so it, it becomes more of a, you know, you're a trailblazer Mm. and you're setting the mark and you're also able to reach back and, and pull people up Mm -hmm. that are behind you. And that's the part that I've really enjoyed along the way is um, once you get to be in leadership positions, you get to develop people's careers. Right. And you, you get to put them in position to be able to take the next step. And I've done quite a bit of that. And it's good to be able to do that for, you know, other people that look like us also yeah. um, to allow them to get the opportunities and to flourish mm. once they get the opportunities. And the more of that we do, you know, the better it is for everybody. Um, because you're breaking down walls, you're breaking down barriers, you're breaking down perceptions. Yeah. Um, and, and it does work. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's a unique experience. You know, for me, it's been, you know, a very long and kind of arduous road and the hills and valleys and all those types of things. But, uh, the lessons that I've learned and the experience that I've gained, I can take all of that now and put it into my own platforms the first of which is belancing.com. So I would say it's it's all been worth it. Yeah. And so what was day one of belancing like? Because obviously you have experience in building websites and you kind of would know, you know, okay, I need to be able to have this page that does this and this kind of thing that does that. But I'm assuming this is the first thing you've done, like the first startup you've kind of decided to yeah, do. Yeah, this, this is I've had other businesses in the past on on a on a much, much smaller scale. Yeah. Just more, you know, just kind of augmenting my my income, mm. you know, those types of things or maybe hobbies that, you know, you could also monetize. Mm. This is the first true full-fledged major platform that I've stood behind and launched. I will say it, I conceptualized it, you know, two years ago. Right. And started to put it together. I fundamentally feel like freelancing as a concept and as a practice is over the next five years will become as common as, you know, Uber or, you know, selling things on eBay. I just think people are at a place where they're looking for an alternate to just a single income from a job or a career, you know, and COVID I think has accelerated that Mm. um, because, you know, some people lost their jobs or some people lost their businesses. 
and they realized I need more than one source of income. Mm. So, you know, all those things combined, you know, day one was to your question was hectic. You don't know a lot of times, you know, what you missed. Mm. And, and so when you launch your own pins and needles, just saying, okay, as people start to come to this thing, you know, let's just hope we didn't miss something big. Mm. And, and, and we didn't, and it was, it's a great experience right out of the gate. We got thousands of freelancers registered on the platform. The response has been phenomenal. And, you know, right now it's just about marketing and promotion and, you know, raising the awareness about the platform and raising the awareness about freelancing in general. Yeah. So how did you get those, those first initial users? Cause I feel like that is something that a platform like this, has to has to have for it to work it's got to have not only the people that want to use the services but the people on there with the services yeah it, it was it was a lot of social media primarily um using facebook advertising you know those types of things it, it's amazing how you know the word can get out mm. and then hitting up a few interest groups mm. you know technology groups and etc to to let them know about it and you know fundamentally people they, you know, they want a place where they can go make extra money. Yeah. And so on the on the freelancing side, you know, it's like, OK, let's go try this platform and see how it goes. And then on the business side, what a lot of businesses are starting to learn mm. is they don't always need to have a full time employee for every single thing that they want to do. Yeah. And there are some very specialized things that they might find it difficult. They, you know, a lot of people who have businesses, they're, they're very much, I'll figure it out myself type yeah. people. I am one of those types of people. Mm. But with freelancing, it, it kind of allows you not to do that because sometimes you go try to learn the thing to do it mm. and you end up, one, doing it wrong. Mm. Or, or two, you spend a lot of time and burn a lot of cycles researching on the internet. And, you know, the, the time that you spend is far past the money. Yeah. The cost that that so it allows people, individuals that are starting businesses or business owners um, to just go out and find a specialized skill for one project at an affordable rate and then pay that person to do it. And it's 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 just and the quality is better. You got an experienced person to help you. And then you also have a relationship with that person. Right. You know, if you need them to come back and do something else. So it, it's it's something that I see as just a practice uh, really taking off and growing, you know, worldwide, quite frankly, yeah. uh, over the next five to seven years. Yeah. And so as a freelancer, most definitely I would know this as a freelancer and you would know this as a, as a previous freelancer, your relationships with your clients or with people is really, really important. How do you go about building an, a relationship with someone? So straight from kind of, let's say this person's finished university and now they want to go out into the working world. Where should they look? How should they do this type of stuff? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, I mean, now, you know, people have literally two options. Mm. And I recommend both. You know, there a lot of people look down on, you know, jobs. They, you know, they, they you know, oh, I don't want to work a job. But sometimes you have to work a job to, number one, feed yourself, mm -hmm. but number two, to gain real world experience. I mean, you know, in college and reading books and dealing with theory and, and being in labs and doing projects and et cetera, it does not replace when there's real bullets flying mm -hmm. and there's real money being spent and there's yeah. real expectations from clients who want you to do something. So getting a job can help you to, 
to get in and, and, and uh, get some real world experience. Mm. But and so I would highly recommend that for anyone that is coming out of college looking to get started. Mm -hmm. But also now, if you have something that you can do, if you've graduated with a technical skill or creative skill or, you know, something like that, that you have to offer, mm. you do have the option of now going out into the freelancing space at the same time. Yeah. And, and, you know, putting out your services for, for, for sale. Mm. Um, in the beginning, you, you, you need to be price sensitive because you're going to be going up against freelancers that have been out there for, you know, 10, 15 years, they've got a thousand reviews, right. all of them are five stars. Yeah. And I hear you come as unknown. So you got to figure out a way to, 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 you know, squeeze yourself in. Usually that means cutting down your costs. Sometimes it means doing work for free mm. um, just to build up your reputation. So, but starting out is the best time to do all of that. Mm. Um, it, you know, if you wait until you actually need the money, it's very difficult to do things for free and cut your prices because you actually need that revenue to come in. So I would say right now, people who are starting out, this is the best time <laughs> that that in, in history to be starting out doing something because of all the options available. Mm. Yeah. And with websites like Belancing, it's it's kind of, you could go on there and be pretty upfront. You don't have to really sell too much. The person will kind of really be ready to buy. They're going to come to you and go, I would like you to do this. And you go, yes, I can do this. Yes, that that is a that is a phenomenal point. I mean, you know, the thing about platforms uh, like BeLancing.com is the clients are already coming to the platform. All you have to do is try to catch or put yourself in a position to, you know, get the clients as they're coming. They're coming with money in hand mm. saying, I want your service. And so, you know, to even just kind of to broaden on the point, the question that you were asking around how to get started, you know, you cannot replace quality. Mm. You, you cannot, there are a ton of platforms. There's a million freelancers all over the place, but you would be surprised at, you know, how much of a difference can be made in somebody that actually takes the time and delivers quality work. There's a lot of low quality work mm -hmm. out there. One of the things Belancing, you know, .com, you know, tries to do you know, as much as possible is filter those low performers, kind of, you know, poor quality freelancers off of our platform right. to maintain the integrity of the marketplace. Mm -hmm. But, you know, by being just a, a, a high quality, over deliver, be on time, communicate often with your with your client. If it's daily, that's the best. You'd be surprised how many referrals you get and and how much repeat business you get. Within six months, you'll have a, a list of, you know, 10, 15 clients that you know can pay your bills yeah or or you know just help you out you know uh, pretty significantly and it, it's just all about quality yeah with a view to quality i definitely feel like there are a lot of freelancer websites out there where the quality is kind of hit and miss so it, it is a it's a game of like okay this person is the most reviewed so they must be the best but that's not always the case that's right that's that's a, that's actually a phenomenal point and that the way, what you're describing right now is exactly why I launched BeLancing.com is because, mm. you know, a lot of people ask me, well, isn't it, isn't there already, aren't there already enough platforms out there? And, you know, there are, you know, a lot of platforms. Uh, I'm not going to say a lot. I'll say there's a few major ones. Yeah. But, you know, being in freelancing so long, what I have noticed is the quality is eroding. 
And, and if you're a business person or somebody that needs something done, freelancing is still new to so many people. Mm. And so coming to one of these marketplaces for the first time, and, you know, there's a million freelancers, all of them coming at you, all of them have five-star reviews, all of them saying they, it's very difficult sometimes for people to, to differentiate uh, one from the other to, Mm. you know, know the right questions to ask if Mm. it's their first couple of times doing something. Yeah. So BeLancing.com is is very high touch, very high quality. We don't want a gazillion freelancers on the platform. We want quality freelancers on the platform. We spend a lot of time with the clients that come on there to make sure that they're asking the right questions and that they're getting the help. And then, you know, we're building an entire university on the freelancer side to educate freelancers around the question you just asked. How do you deal with clients? How do I get going? Mm. What's the best way to handle projects? You know, how much, you know, how many times do I need to communicate? How do I grow myself as a freelancer? I mean, there's a ton of these questions, even around taxes that, that freelancers have that they really don't know where to go to. So, you know, BeLancing is more of a community as it is just kind of a standalone, you know, just come try your best. And, uh, you know, if you get ripped off or you don't get the quality, you know, just come try again. It's more about, you know, trying to get it right the first time. Yeah. And delivering a quality end to end experience on both sides because there's so many, um, you know, just, you know, like you said, it's just really hit or miss. I don't know if they have, if they have Chick-fil-A in London, do they have? It's probably coming. It's probably coming to be honest. We we just had a Wendy's open up in my local area. We've got Taco Bell. Uh, I'm sure Chick-fil-A will reach here eventually. Chick-fil-A is probably. So, so there is a franchise here that opened. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Maybe it became popular. I would say around 10 years ago. Mm. It may, it's probably around much longer than that. And it's a chicken franchise and mm. they sell chicken sandwiches, chicken strips, chicken nuggets, you know, and that's about it. You know, mm. maybe a chicken salad. And a lot of people question when they started, you know, because there's already McDonald's, there's already Burger King, mm. there's already Wendy's uh, to your point, And all of them sell chicken mm. and they also sell burgers. But the one thing that Chick-fil-A did different was they placed a very, very high emphasis on service. Mm. When you go there, the people smile at you. Yeah. You know, the, the order is always right. The food is cooked properly. The, the lines, they make sure to get the lines through. I mean, like in record time. Mm. And within about 10 years, I mean, they just exploded. And now anytime you go there, there are lines of cars around the building. Mm. Uh, to And, you know, and McDonald's and Burger King are right next door. And they have the regular lines that you would expect. And even uh, the Chick-fil-A lines still move faster, even though they're three times as long. So, you know, what I like to say is, you know, BeLancing.com is the Chick-fil-A to the McDonald's Burger Kings that already exist today. You know, very, very high focus on quality. Mm. And customer experience and all that kind of stuff. Customer experience is is a number one. And, you know, in all honesty, that business case proved, number one, that that is a key differentiator. Mm that can work and make a difference. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what what I've done is, you know, simply, you know, model BeLancing.com after that mm-hmm. and, and and taking it over into the freelancing space. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I feel like we've covered so much about BeLancing and the listener doesn't actually know that much about you, but you're an author, Rasul. You've written a book called Yes. What's Your Coffee Strategy? Give us yes. a brief on that because it is, you know, it's doing well. 
You wrote that book five yes. years ago, but it's still doing well. Yes. So um, what's your coffee strategy? You know, I wrote that almost like when you go through uh, graduate school, or you go through, uh, you get your PhD, there's like a capstone project. There's like a thesis mm. that you have to write in order to graduate. So, you know, I took my career almost as, you know, uh, post you know, collegiate study, almost mm. like a postgraduate mm. and, you know, learning, you know, I, I read a ton of books right. and many more when I was younger and it was all about developing myself mm. to accelerate my career, learn business, learn technology, learn how everything worked, learn finance. And so, you know, that's what allowed me to accelerate through the ranks, you know, relatively quickly. And so once I got to my destination, if you will, I wrote that book to capture the things that I did in order to, you know, make that type of progress. Right. And so what's your coffee strategy is all around, you know, how to build relationships, mm. you know, the importance of relationships, uh, the importance of personal branding. Mm. Um, I would say it applies equally to someone who is in a career as it does somebody who is starting a business or a podcast like yourself and et cetera, yeah. because it's all the same rules. Mm. And, and this is all around and, in, in, you know, you know, London culture is very familiar with this in the United States, probably more in the last 10 years or so. This has become very popular with coffee houses yeah. and people going to coffee houses to talk. It's much easier to invite someone to meet for coffee mm. than it is to invite somebody to meet for dinner right. or for lunch mm. because the commitment is much less on their side. Mm. If if the conversation doesn't go well. 10 minutes, 15 minutes go past, you can excuse yourself without being offensive. If someone commits to dinner, I mean, it's 15 minutes before the food even comes, you know, if that, so they know that they're locked in for at least an hour or two hours yeah. on what could be an uncomfortable conversation or meeting. Mm. So, you know, it's all around, well, how do you, you know, leveraging things like that, like inviting someone to coffee, Mm. instead of inviting them to dinner to get to know them, especially yeah. somebody you don't know. Right. And, and that, that's how you can start to build a very long lasting and, and, and important relationship. So that was the premise of the title. What's your coffee strategy? Yeah. It's, you know, how, how often are you engaging to meet people mm. to, you know, uh, expand your network as they say, yeah. and to build relationships, whether it's at work. I used to invite people that I work with, to a coffee house down the street from the actual building and just yeah. met them off site to talk. It, 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 it opened people up more, mm. whereas opposed to you meeting them in the building that you still feel kind of tight because you're, you're still at work. Yeah. Um, and I built a lot of key relationships with people all over the company that helped me, you know, on my path to promotion and getting projects and solving problems and, you know, and, and just establishing and building key relationships. So, you know, what's your coffee strategy is all about that. And it's a very easy read. It's a, it's probably a quick read. Uh, some people would like to say, but it's, uh, it's, it's packed with a lot of what I feel like are important nuggets for somebody who is looking to develop their career or develop their business. Yeah. And on the note of career development and, and business development, do you have any kind of tips that you've picked up along the way from even, you know, your corporate career or starting belancing.com that people could use? Oh my gosh, man. There, there's, there's, there's so many. Give them all to us. We've got all the time in the world. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I, I think we could spend an hour just, uh, 
just talking about that. But, you know, a couple that jump out, you know, number one is, you know, you have to be prepared. Everything that you're doing, there's no shortcuts. Mm. And when I was young, that was very difficult for me to grasp and understand and almost refuse to believe it. Mm. But um, there's no shortcuts. Everything worth anything mm. is going to be a marathon and not a sprint. Right. And whether it's you're building your own business, whether you're establishing your career, mm -hmm. you have to be prepared for the long road ahead mm -hmm. and you have to commit yourself yeah. to, you know, just putting in the work, you know, so, you know, being a marathon requires what, I mean, it doesn't have a lot of starts and stops. You have to consistently be moving. Yeah. So, you know, consistency is the key. If, you know, Sam, you're doing a podcast. Yeah. If, you know, most podcasts, from what I understand, fall off after the first five episodes or yeah. something like that. There is a term for it that yeah. I don't recall it's right now. It's called pod fade. So the a pod lot of, fade. Yeah. A lot of podcasts fall off after I think it's 10 episodes. And yeah. uh, the reason is because people start and then they're quite upset that they haven't become Joe Rogan or somebody quite yet. So they you you they nailed start. it right there. So yeah. so, you know, this is in everything. I mean, it's in everything is that 10 episodes is I wouldn't even count that as getting started. No, most definitely. Not. I mean, you're probably you're probably still working out the kinks and, you know, getting new equipment or trying new microphones or, mm. you know, you know, as we talked about, maybe you're going to move, you know, where you get better signal in this area versus that area. Yeah. You know, I would say probably the first 50 episodes before you're even really comfortable Mm -hmm. with your brand how you position yourself yeah how you navigate an interview the questions you ask exactly you know the, the research you do on your guests i mean 50 episodes you're probably just getting warm oh yeah so you know that and, and maybe it's not 50 maybe it's 30 maybe it's 100 but the point is you you've got to be committed to the long arduous consistent work mm. that is quite frankly is going to separate you Mm. from the pack uh, yeah. because the majority of people are looking for that you know they want to start a podcast and you know within six months or three months they're getting offers for somebody wanting to buy them out and, and, they're, they're, and, they're, and they're turning down five million and ten million dollar offers within six months it just doesn't work that way so that is i would say a law of the universe mm. that is something that is just true mm -hmm. and the sooner and the better and the and the uh, you know, the quicker that you kind of adopt that and just understand that mm -hmm. you, you allow yourself to strap in and, and really enjoy the ride, enjoy the road. So so I would say that that is rule probably number one of a lot of things. Anything that you're going to embark in that is worth your time is be prepared to spend the time, put in the work. It's going to look dismal in the beginning. Yeah. You're going to make some mistakes. Mm. You'll have, you'll, you know, you're going to have a couple of interviews that you just completely, you know, destroy. Yeah. But you're going to get better. Yeah. And you're going to improve over time. You do the research, learn, read. And, you know, and the, I would say number two is, you know, you want to surround yourself with people that are already where you want to be. Right. As best you can. And you want to soak up every bit of knowledge that you can from them. And, and that could be you actually meet the person or it could be nowadays you follow them online mm. and you listen to their videos and you listen to their advice. You know, we live in a time where there's a such thing as virtual mentors. Yeah. 
where you may have never met the person, but you are learning from them on a regular basis. I have a couple. I mean, there's a guy here by the name of Dr. Paul Judge. Right. He's not internationally known, mm. but he's very big in technology. And he structured a lot of deals, put a lot of things together. But now he's off to the races. I, I learned from him. Mm. Um, you know, Robert Smith Jr. is another one, um, you know, who's into tech, who's in technology and is really trailblazed in a lot of areas. I mean, I can go on and on. I mean, yeah. I've learned from Gordon Gecko on Wall Street. Yeah. Um, it, it's just it, there's a number of you can learn from anywhere. The point is you always want to be learning. You want to surround yourself with people that are doing what you want to do. And, you know, you'll be amazed at how much that helps. So, yeah. I mean, that's just two. I could probably rattle off another 10, but I want to take a minute for air and see if there's <laughs> give you a chance to ask a question. Oh, no, I love it when a, when a guest gets flowing because that is the best kind of content you can get because it's like a, a stream of consciousness. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's it's always good when a, when somebody gets on a, a kind of, not a rant, but, you know what I mean, gets on the, onto the stuff that they love to talk about. So um, yeah. if you, if you yeah. have another 10, then, you know, give me another 10. But I, I always have other questions or follow-up questions. So one thing I was thinking while you were speaking was, out of all the things that you've learned on this kind of marathon of a journey and surrounding yourself with the right people and, you know, learning from alternative sources, were there any moments or things that kind of went wrong that you kind of learned from more so that, you know, something went wrong and you learned from that more so than uh, when things went right type thing? I, I would say you probably learn more from the mistakes mm. because they are what they call object lessons. Yeah. I mean, they just sting. I mean, they, they, they sting if you, if you're really committed and I'm a person who I probably hate to lose more than I love to win. Mm. And, and so when I get it wrong, mm. it, it burns to, to no end. Mm -hmm. And I, I, it, it causes me to double down and go back and really uh, dissect, mm. you know, what happened, where did it go wrong? What could I have done differently? You know, what do I need to learn to do it better next time? And and that is all a part of growth. I mean, mm. growth is painful. You know, yeah. you ever if you ever go to the gym, I mean, lifting weights, you know, some people learn to love it. I've never learned to love it, but yeah. I, I, you know, I've done it. It's, it's very painful. Mm. Um, but that, you know, that's how your muscles grow. So, you know, growth, is it can be very painful sometimes. And that that comes along with it. Mm. You know, any I can't think of any one mistake that really jumped out, but, you know, I've had terrible presentations. I've had, you know, at work, I've had terrible presentations. I have, you know, gone into meetings, you know, ill prepared mm. where I should have put more prep time up front. You know, I'm just any number of things that, that you could imagine could go wrong. You know, Murphy's Law, as they say, always finds itself, you know, in the middle of, of, of things at one point in time or another. Mm. And, you know, when it happens, as it will happen, you, you know, you have to maintain your composure, understand you made a mistake. It's not the end, you know, of, of whatever it is that you're doing. Mm. And you just got to have the fortitude to pick yourself back up and learn the lesson and keep going. And guess what? You might do it again. And, and if you do it again, well, you know, you, you've got to relearn that lesson. You don't want to keep doing it because then you're not really making progress. So, you know, there, there's, I made plenty of mistakes yeah. uh, along, along the path. And, and, you know, that's all part of it. That's all part of growing and learning. And I encourage people to embrace that side of it because anytime you're doing something new, 
mm-hmm. you know, that you're you're starting yeah. or you're you're doing it a different way. Or, you know, as we're talking about, you're maybe you have a job, but you want to try freelancing yeah. because you heard that you can make, you know, significant money doing it and you're looking for an alternate source of income. Mm-hmm. You might really mess up on your first client. Right. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you might not agree to the right terms. You might underbill, you know, or underbid for the for the work, mm-hmm. and you you say you'll do it for five hundred dollars, and you realize it's really five thousand dollars worth of work, and yeah. you're spending way more time than you thought. Well, guess what? You you have a client, mm-hmm. and you you won the client, and uh, you get that client experience. And next time, you're not going to bid for five hundred dollars. You're going to bid for the right amount, or whatever the case may be. Uh, you, you just got to understand that if I mean, if you look at a lot of major productions like ESPN, if you go all the way back to when ESPN started, mm. you look at it now and they got these massive studios and all the colors and everything moving around really any major network. But if yeah. you go back to when they started, mm-hmm. you'll see things falling down in the background. You'll see, you know, the, the sound cutting out at the yeah. worst time, the camera is not cutting to the right person at the right time. Mm-hmm. So it's it's on somebody that's, that's, you know, picking their ear or something like, you know, they made all types of mistakes yeah. when they began, but they evolved mm-hmm. and they learned and they kept going. And so that's how you get ESPN as it is today. Same. I mean, with anything, yeah, any product, Apple, Microsoft, I mean, everybody made mistakes. So, I mean, that that's, I'm glad you asked that because, you know, a lot of times mistakes can cause a person to say this, this isn't for me. Yeah. You know, somebody tries to do freelancing the first couple of clients, it doesn't go well. Mm. Then they say, you know what, this isn't for me. I'm going to go back to just having a job. No, that means that you're growing and you just have to keep going. Yeah. And, and one thing I'm quite happy about is what you said quite early on into the, into the conversation is you said that you're having like a university kind of thing or, you know, a, a program behind freelancing for the for the freelancer so that they can know how to set their prices and what to do because i'm assuming this is stuff that you wanted to know when you started out but you didn't have anywhere to turn to wow yeah that you're, you're absolutely right that i mean that's exactly what it was mm. and now with so many people starting to freelance you know they're starting from scratch just like i was you know just like you when you started your podcast and you're just You're on YouTube just trying to see what kind of equipment, how do I set it up and Mm. how do I get guests? Mm. I mean, you'd be amazed that, you know, how many, you know, we're talking about mistakes a second ago, Mm. how many mistakes you can avoid Mm. just by having some information available to you in the beginning. So that was the entire premise behind, you know, not just throwing up a platform and, you know, come on it and just, you know, try your best. Yeah. Putting some, some educational material out there Mm. that you know somebody that is serious like somebody that is really genuine about i don't want this just to be a onesie twosie thing this is something i want to develop you know over the next few years Mm. where i'm getting you know uh you know a decent income from this in addition to whatever else it is that i'm doing and maybe i want to do this full time you know if you're looking at it from that perspective, yeah. then you need to invest in your craft and you need to invest in learning. And so that's, you know, the whole premise of, yeah, the university is to, to help people that are just starting out. Yeah. 
I mean, as well, these these things are quite resource intensive. And one thing a lot of our listeners are always interested in, like especially with people like yourself that have a, a you know a quote unquote startup or a business that is you know just getting getting going. How have you funded it? Did you fund it through financing, or did you fund it through your your own means, is in your own money? That's one thing. Literally, every yeah is always asking about. Well, I mean, the good the good thing for me was spending so much time in the technology space. Mm. And, you know, having been a freelancer and, you know, just having the experience about the inner workings of IT and technology. Yeah. You kind of learn, you know, you know how to do certain things without spending some of the money that if somebody that has no idea, you know, they're a truck driver that wants to start uh, a truck driving app. Yeah. All they know is truck driving. They don't know anything about technology. Yeah. They will probably overspend. Mm. Um, on trying to, uh, or go get, get a, get a massive loan or, yeah. you know, something like that. Whereas for me, I could self fund and self finance all of the key parts. Mm. And then, you know, to the point outsource certain tasks to freelancing yeah. to get done at an, at a much more affordable rate to get it up and running. So, yeah. you know, it was very much a bootstrap, you know, uh, you know, grassroots build it over time get it to the point where it's ready to launch and then launch it um, type of project for me. Mm. Um, you know, the one thing that I would say, I'm, I'm glad that I did it that way is because you learn every piece mm. along the way as you're building one block at a time, you know, each block and, and you know why you put that block there as opposed to if I went out and got some massive funding yeah. and I just went and hired a company to build it all and then they came back and said, here it is. I wouldn't really know how to break it apart. I wouldn't yeah. know how it worked. I wouldn't know if everything was right that I wanted. And 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 so, you know, doing it this way for me was actually better. Mm. Um, and so, you know, finally got it to the point that it's, it was ready to launch. I wouldn't recommend this path for everyone. Yeah. But if you are if you are inclined to, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, if you have some experience in it, then and, and you have some some you know cash reserves if you will yeah uh, or if you have some nice family members some people I hear a lot of people who had startups you know say I went to friends and family and got two million dollars I'm like you know <laughs> <laughs> that's a great network that, isn't it that must be nice yeah, yeah that must be nice so you know if you have that then you can tap into you know areas like that to get started but if you don't you know you've got to try the traditional means or you got to do it yourself. Mm. I guess my next question would kind of be like a like a softball question, but it is something that I do like to ask most of my guests. And um, what brings you the most joy in this line of work that you're in? So I'm not talking about the being a VP of of a company. I'm also talking about running B Lance and starting B Lancing and all that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, you know, you know, the thing that brings me the most joy, I think, is as I mentioned, you know, being in the technology space, I started out at the literal bottom mm. in technology. I came in, you know, had some college, you know, like we said, you know, college. I, I, I wasn't even finished with college when I first came into technology. So when I joined, it was, here's your desk, there's a phone, there's a computer. And, you know, you know, I was an analyst of some type. So, you know, spending 20 years just grueling and grinding and, and learning, I went on a tear for about seven years where I said, I'm going to learn one new technology every year. 
And, you know, the, these areas, you, they, had, they used to have these books that were like 600 pages, 1,000 pages thick. Yeah. And it'd be for one certification that you could get oh my. in technology. I don't know if they still have that. I'm sure they do in some capacity. Yeah. But there was this major rush to get certified mm. in, in all these different things when I was starting out. Yeah. And so, you know, spending, you know, going over that period of time, then I started to learn business practices and business models like Six Sigma and ITIL and, you know, program management, et cetera. And there's so many of them. Mm. Um, it really broadened me out and, and allowed me to understand, you know, process specific things on how to execute, how to manage large organizations and execute yeah. against very singular objectives. So coming to the end of that, the thing that brings me the most joy, I would say, is being able to take all of that experience mm and see it translate into value in terms of uh creating something that you know i own myself yeah and not just you know it was a ton of experience and it was a good time but now that you know i'm not going to be working there anymore there is no use for anything that i did no it was it wasn't it wasn't like that at all it was i can take everything yeah that i've learned Essentially, when you're when you're a VP in that type of organization, mm. you are running a business. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. You, 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 you have employees. You have very large organization. You're responsible for P&L. You're dealing with finance. You have roadmaps. You have data and KPIs you have to manage against. You have personalities. You're delivering messages. You got to motivate people. Mm. I mean, you know, you're dealing with mistakes. You, you have a brand. Uh, you're delivering services, either whether it's to a client or internally to the business. You are running a technology company. You know, now, you know, having done that almost in a in a safe, you know, kind of incubated environment, mm. you know, just just being able to see all that translate and then see it work. Mm. It, it brings me a lot of joy. It brings me a lot of joy. I mean, the key is going to be obviously we just recently launched. You know, as I mentioned, the response has really been phenomenal, mm. but the key is going to be the next five years. Right. All the things that I just mentioned, it's like it's easy to say. You hear me talking it. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to live it and, you know, put in that that marathon level work and build the platform to what I believe that it can be. Here's where to find Rasul online. You can find more about what I was saying at www.blancing.com. Thank you for listening to People Explained. New episodes come out every Monday. We would appreciate it if you gave us a review on Apple Podcasts and shared this episode with a friend.